And we're back here at Java Chat, hanging out with Dr. Elmore, talking a little bit about health. And we got into a tirade of things that we, we would probably sit here and talk for another hour and a half about. And we'll probably have to do that again sometime real soon. That had to do with pharmaceuticals and big business and things of that nature. That said, she has another part of her story that I want her to share, which is her journey in entrepreneurship and how she's been building her business. You're a female-owned company, correct? Yes. Okay. So... How many people do you have working with you right now? Oh my goodness. Okay. So I have my business manager, social media manager, operations and shipping manager, and then I have an accountant, uh, a, a lawyer, and then I have a media agency that I work with where I have, uh, for lack of a better thing, a chief marketing officer, graphic Always designer, good video videographer, photographer, and then web development team is everybody that I have working with me. And then as that has come together, obviously you had to learn over time, you can't do it all yourself. So what were some of the challenges that you had to face in building this team? Trusting your instincts is always really important. Okay, so I came to my first hire mm -hmm. because I was on social media nonstop and mm -hmm. was answering every single message, every single thing. And I got, and when I published my first book, because I, I get a lot of questions via I'm social sure. media. Oh my gosh, I, would, I wouldn't doubt it. So then when I published my first book, I was like, somebody wrote in, asked a question that was black and white answered in my book. Mm -hmm. And so I wrote her back and I was like, here's a one sentence answer. But if you want more information, it's in this chapter of this book. Here's a link where you can go purchase it. And she wrote me back. And was just nasty and oh, yeah. was like, I'm unfollowing you. How dare you send me an ad? How dare you? This? And I'm like. An ad? Send yeah, a I link. Know. You didn't send an ad. I know. I know. The whole thing. And, and so I sat down on the floor and basically started like shaking. And I was like, do they think that my education was free? Do they think it was free for me to know? Yeah the answer to that question, yeah. it shook me to my core so much how nasty she was, is that I took three days off of social media and I decided right then that I would hire a social media manager because I didn't have to deal with this anymore. And so that was my first, my first hire. And then I've made a couple of really bad hires in my day. I think um, we all have. Be, be, be really slow to hire people and be really quick to fire them. If you see it's not working out, just cut, just take the bandaid off. It's no fun. Nobody likes having to let somebody go because, you know, your life, their livelihood is in your hands. But if it's not working, it's not working. And just right. call a spade a spade. It's not working. And yeah. go forward from there. I've worked with some agencies that I've allowed to hang on. And just month after month, I'm like, hey, guys, where are the deliverables? Where's the this? Where's and, and just nothing's happening. Oh, right. we're going to work on that. And, okay, we're, we're done. We're yeah. out. Yep. I, had, I had a very interesting <laughs> interaction with an accountant one uh -huh. time who texted me, talking to me about all manner of things not related to accountancy over the course of a month. And I was like, this this guy must like me. Like, what is going on? Oh, it was and so one of those. 
it was one of those. So he had to go, yeah, you know, I'm like, sure. I'm, I'm, no, you're not my money manager. If you're yeah. interested in me, unless you want to be transparent and say these things. Yeah. So That's not hard to how do. did I, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, he didn't. <laughs> His transparency was, oh yeah, sorry. I forgot to mention that I'm married. And so whoo, I was on fire. I, I bet you were. Oh, I walked up into that place. I had on my power suit, my, my five inch tall heels. And I, and I was like, you're getting fired. But today we're going to have a conversation about appropriate workplace behavior. Oh, all day. You go. All day. And so it, it's been a matter of time. I have been lucky to have one really key collaborator that I've had for a long time mm -hmm. that at least I have somebody else to bounce ideas off of, to think through things. And then I also am very aware that I don't want to hire people that I don't need because yeah. you, you don't want redundancy in your system. Yep. So you yep. want the, the minimum viable team to make things happen and the minimum viable product to sell. Agreed. That makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask you, what do you think the number one thing is that most entrepreneurs ought to, ought to do? But I, you just said it, honestly, in my opinion, that's, that's really the truth. I mean, although I have, like, I run with interns and while I have six of them, I, I really don't need any more. If I had more, it would be a lot of waiting around to figure out what to do. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because the, the way I run with them is I give them something to do and I give them free license to go ahead and produce. Yeah. Well, there's one other thing that you said earlier that I want to echo. And that is if you want to be an entrepreneur, the number one thing you do is find a problem that you know how to solve and then tell everybody how you solve that problem. That's what you do. That's the only reason people buy anything is because they have a problem that they want solved. So for me, I recognized that there wasn't someone who had brilliant ideas and about essential oils. So I started teaching people about essential oils and herbs and supplements. I then realized that there weren't a lot of, ugh, I hate the word business coach. Everybody today is a business coach. But I realized that there weren't people that helped people specifically in health and wellness yeah. to craft their business narrative. And so I aimed to fill that. I recognized that there weren't dietary cleanses on the market that had delicious food. And no, most of them are cardboard box based. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Or they're like, you know, buy these $600 worth of shakes that are prefab Ugh. and disgusting. Yeah. And so I recognized that. And so that's why I started my food blog and wrote my vegan cookbook was I was like, there's no reason that healthy food. Can you want to hear something really funny? I yeah. hear something real funny. I actually know some of the manufacturers that manufacture that stuff. And I've talked to a couple of them. Like, you know what you're producing is like horrible tasting. They're like, yeah. I'm like, why are you doing it? Says <laughs> Ben Franklin's right. just Ben Franklin's just as good from them as anybody else, brother. And if they want us to work, we'll work. Oof. They not they're good. not as vested in the process of what it is that they're creating. They're they're more vested in the process of doing it and producing. Right. And I get that. That I mean, that's that's their business. Their niche is we produce what you want us to produce. Yes. But at, on the back end of it, I'm like, dude, really? This stuff is like, horrible. Like, you know, this is nasty, right? The, this is, this is the, the first drink they're holding their nose. And they're like, yep, it's kind of actually funny, but you know, this is what we do. 
it's not fun. No, I, it's not. I also, you know, I also, as an entrepreneur, I have a couple of rules. I will not waste your time and I will not waste your money. You know, I will show up. I aim to always be on time. If I'm even like 30 seconds late, I, I, it, you know, you're yep. wasting other people's time Yep. and I will not waste people's money. Mm -hmm. And so like right now I've just started a second session of brand strategies lab, which is my health nice. and wellness business coaching program. And I have people that come back or that are interested, but they say, Oh, it's, you know, it, I just can't afford it. I, this, I, that. And I just said, look, if you do it and you get to the end of it and you say it wasn't worth the money, then let's talk because right. that that's great feedback for me to get that the program that I have is not worth what the, the investment that I made. I want to make sure that every person who engages with me doesn't have their time wasted and doesn't have their money wasted. And that has allowed me to build trust among my audience. I think it is challenging when your product that you sell is knowledge. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's, definitely. A, that's a big barrier that I face. Um, especially, you know, pharmacists, our knowledge becomes so ingrained in us yeah. that we forget that everyone doesn't know it. And oh, it's the same in marketing. Right. Yeah. You forget that people don't understand that you need free lead-ins and right. you need to actually craft some trust in your audience before you ask them to buy anything. Shocking. And so it becomes so ingrained in us that it, some people are like, how do I, how do I charge for my cognitive based services? And it's like, right. you just do, you yeah. just do. You have the years of knowledge you're willing to do what some people are unwilling to do, which is show up continually and learn more information. I, I've always gotten a kick out of it. You know, like my business partners are specialists in different things than I am. I've always been in and around marketing, brand strategy, brand management, reputation, which is basically reputation management now, all these fancy names, and, and business principles when it comes to building a business based on marketing, the, four, you know, the pillars and all of that stuff. And they come to me with new information on the technical world, the digital and all of this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I really, I, I come back and I'm like, I really don't know anything. And yet at the same time, I'll go out and I'll talk with somebody and like, I've never heard that before. I'm like, are you kidding? This is one-on-one -on -one stuff. What are you talking about? Right. I have to step myself back every once in a while and go, hold on a minute there, bud. They probably don't because mm -hmm. they weren't taught this. They didn't go to school for it. Right. They have a baby. They don't know how to raise it. So, you know, I, like I... With anybody, I always try to give them, here's what you can do first. Before you ever try anything else, go grab this stuff. Yes. Put it into a yes. system. They start asking about systems, then a different conversation starts. But it's like, go put it into your system, use it, see if it helps. If it helps, awesome, you don't need me. If it doesn't help mm -hmm. or you need some help setting it up, we can talk. If you need help with yeah. actually creating one, we can talk. But until then, just go use this for now. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I've probably avoided about 15 or 20 problem children which is exactly what it would have become um, yeah. simply because I gave them, you know, here's some info. Yeah. Go do this, go do this first. And I think for any entrepreneur, if you, if you, if you're looking at starting something, there's a lot of learning involved. You, you've just talked about learning different things when it comes to hiring and firing, when it comes to running a system, when it comes to coaching businesses, it's not always blatantly apparent. 
No. Until, until the failure teaches a lesson. Yes. And I'm sure you've faced a few of those as well. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> just a few. Yeah, just a few failures. What's what's, uh, what's one? Of, sh share one of the worst and one of the best. Oh, uh, okay. So, uh, you know, failures ultimately, I think, really come down to not trusting your instincts. Yeah. So, two two of my biggest failures. One, I'll share the name of the company with because this is somebody that you might be able to work with, and I could not discourage you more from working with this company. And the other <laughs> one, I won't. But one of the companies that I worked with was a PR agency mm -hmm. and they just were overpriced, didn't work, no deliverables. And I just let that go on Yeah, because, you know, some people that could sell ice to an Eskimo kind of vibes, that was what they were doing. They were selling ice to an Eskimo and I wasn't taking a step back and going like, wait a minute, I don't need ice. And so that was a, that was a major problem. And then another company, I got swooned a little bit. So we were having problems with our email marketing service and uh -huh. it was causing problems and frustration and da, da, da. So we start looking into other email service providers and email service providers can be everything from free to tens of thousands of dollars oh, yeah. a year. Oh, yeah. Yep. And depending on what you need. Depending on what you need. And we made the choice to go with a company called Marketo. Yeah, I know them. And it was a terrible, terrible, terrible experience for mm -hmm. us. And I realized that I I told them no. I said, I just don't think this is the right fit for us. It's extraordinarily expensive for what we're getting. It was a huge step up from what I'm currently paying as far as, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month for email marketing up mm -hmm. to now paying thousands of dollars a month for it. And they were like, hey, we've got these field passes. We'll send you to a Yankees game. You'll get to meet like a ton of people from our team, free seats, gift cards. In other words, you just paid for our membership in the box. Thank exactly. you. Yeah. Exactly. And so I did it. And then you get those feelings of guilt. So mm -hmm. even when I went back to them again and was like, listen, I've really thought about it. I just don't think it's right for me. They come back and they're like, well, we think it's the right thing for you. And so we're going to just, we're going to yet again, put this into term. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, yes. And we went through two months of training and we're nowhere closer to being able to send out a first email. Right. And we all took a step back and even my web development team and they, you know how web developers are. They're talking over your head just all day. Constantly. That's constantly. Both, my, both my partners. <laughs> and I, and, and even they were like, this is the most unnecessarily complicated software that we've ever seen in our lives. And so I go back to the company and I say, hey guys, I'm really not satisfied with this. This is not making me happy. And they basically said, we don't care. We do not care. And yeah, that's, that's a no-go. That's an absolute no-go. No yeah. And that's another thing too. That's part of my ethics. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your money. If you come to me ever and say, Lindsay, I paid you 30 bucks for this and I didn't think I did. I hated it. Like it really, really made me unhappy. And you could give me detailed reasons. I won't hesitate 
to give you back your $30. You know, I would rather have 50 fiercely loyal and happy customers than 500 customers where one is really, really upset that wants to spend the time crafting those one-star Google reviews about the company, you know? Make your customers happy, you know, solve their problems <laughs> and find out ways that you can solve more problems for them. I get such a kick out of some of the gurus that I see online, seeing what they offer and s- solutions. And it's funny because um, myself and one of our partners, we know a lot of those guys. I, I worked for one who, I won't mention who it is, but who's very well known as being a small business expert. And I hate to say it, but nope. I mean, uh, it's, it's why I'm not. It's why I'm not there. I mean, we left on on amicable terms, but that's like what you say you're selling and what you're actually giving are. I'm sorry, they're two different things. They're not what you're promising. We get pitches sometimes for people to be on the podcast, and you'll sometimes read people's bios, and mm-hmm. you're like wow, this sounds amazing. Right. And then you make it to their website and you're like, wait, do they actually do what they say they do? (laughs) And you get better at being able to see through it for sure. Yeah. But there's, it takes some time to be able to see through it. Like any, like anything else is practice. And that's, that's just really the whole point. I think that's probably one of the big things that a lot of people forget is that Forgive the the analogy, but it's a practice, just like yeah. just like medicine. Medicine's a practice. It it's a practice like medicine, like pharmacy, like yoga, like anything. Yeah, it, it takes you. Nobody is born knowing how to run a company effectively with their own mission and vision and ethics and all of the things. What a what a wonder what a wonderfully confusing fun run that is. Yes. Oh my gosh. But, but if you're willing, if you're willing to strike that balance Mm -hmm. between knowing that you've stumbled upon something that you can solve so many people's problems and really make effective change that you want to see in the world. Yep. If you can balance that with that, Oh my God, we may fail tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're cut out to be an entrepreneur. You know, you really are. And like I said, employment has benefits, but so does running your own show. Well, and in in some cases, and I I remember hearing these terms, I'm I'm not sure if it was from Seth Godin or not, but there are different people there that you're looking for both internally and externally. You know, you're for the people that can work in an, in an operation, we would call them, you know, potential intrapreneurs, people that don't necessarily want to work for themselves, but have the creativity and the force drive to be able to drive a company for yes. the entrepreneur that created it. The entrepreneur is the psychologically unemployable. That's like yourself, mm-hmm. myself. And it's not, neither is, neither is better than the other. They're both needed. Right. I think, I think a lot of people, I, I used to have, I have a, a former friend, I'll say it that way who used to think that I used to look down on people that had a job because the way I spoke about it was like, yeah, it's not for me. But what, what they missed about that was it's like, I said, it's not for me. I didn't say it's not for anybody. Right. 
right. don't believe in it for me because I know that I will have a hard time being under somebody else at the level of intelligence that I bring to a table. I threaten a lot of people. Yep. And, and, and I'm just, forgive the, the terminology, I'm just a dumb island boy. I just happen to know a lot of shit. Yeah. I drink coffee and know things. That's what I've, I've literally been told that. <laughs> and and it's, it's like, I'm not there to threaten anybody's position. I don't care. You know, if you want to be the boss, be the boss. That's cool. If you, yeah. if you need support, I, I can support you. You want me to run things? I can run things. It's not a problem. I don't care. And that's where a lot of people have a problem with me being inside a, a corporate structure is they think I don't care, period. It's like, no, that's not what I said. Right. <laughs> I yes. said I don't, I don't care about the position. I care more of the fact that everything works. Mm-hmm. How do we mm-hmm. make it work? And if you have an attitude about your position, you're more worried about your title than your team, you've already got problems coming. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah. and I think that even within organizations, you can recognize the people who have it within them mm-hmm. to potentially run their own companies. Yeah. Like the people that are constantly trying to improve processes and make things better mm-hmm. versus the people who are true employees, they're always aiming for what is the next title change? What is the next raise that I can get versus the person who just says, I'm going to continually show up and try to add really significant value and continually make things more effective. And I think that that's really an important distinction. That's the difference between an employee and an entrepreneur. The entrepreneur is ethical about their improvements. Yes. They're not just after the next job title change. Now now let me clarify something though, because that was a blanket statement. Not everybody's like that. But for what I have seen in my experiences working inside and outside, generally speaking, the one who's the employee mentality, who just wants a job and a good salary and wants to go and live the the life, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. um, is out there to make themselves look good. I, Mm -hmm. I unfortunately have seen this in the banking industry. It's kind of rampant there. I've seen it in certain other corporate strategy structures as well. Mm-hmm. And, and even in hospitality, that's another place. And the hard part is, is the guys above them can't see it because they're not there. A lot mm-hmm. of times they're off in their ivory tower and they just, they just have no connection really to it. So when yeah. they have their one-on-ones, it never comes up because no one's, they're not able to see it. The entrepreneurs though, are the ones that don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. They're like, whatever, let's just keep, let's, you know what? Why don't we try doing it this way? Will this work? Yep. And, and if it gets shot down, okay, what about this? And if it gets shot down, okay, well, let me think on it. In the meantime, let's just keep going. There's a huge difference. And, and again, those are the entrepreneurs. The entrepreneur is going to be like, well, then I got to leave because I see a problem here and I, I can't deal. Yeah. And, and that's okay too. You know, it's, I think a lot of people mistake the understanding that you're, you're going to be one or the other and that's okay. Yeah. It's not wrong. It is where you are at and where you choose to be. It's okay. No one's faulting and you for it. No you one's may- doubting you for it. And you may find that throughout your career, you are sometimes an entrepreneur, sometimes and sometimes an entrepreneur. entrepreneur. Yeah, 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 yeah know, absolutely. Some, sometimes you have to change things up. I mean, I am not opposed to the idea of somebody coming up, and I mean, woo, I don't know where this came from, but I'm going to cast this out into the universe. <laughs> if somebody. If, if a dean of a school of pharmacy mm-hmm. or if the American <clears throat> Pharmacists Association showed up at my door and they said, Linz, we get it now. 
that natural health and wellness is critically important and we need somebody to spearhead how do we implement this in our curriculum in nationwide pharmacy curricula all i would really strongly consider something like that you know if if somebody came to me and said, Lindsay, there's a brand new governmental agency that wants to ensure ethics and pharmaceutical marketing, I would be there, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, no, totally. There uh, would be times that I would say, okay, yes, I'm going to take this job. It's just- it, it, By the way, if you ever get that job and you need a marketing advisor, please call me. I'm, I'm absolutely. very happy to serve on that Me board. and you, we're going to yeah. do that. Yeah, it's, it's a done deal. Yes. <laughs> so I think that it is really, really- important that you leave yourself open mm -hmm. leave yourself open and just do the best you can at every job that is given to you whether that's running your own company or being an employee either yeah. one yeah no i get it that makes absolute sense i hate having to do this <laughs> especially when this thing's running so well we're, we're well past 40 minutes <laughs> i know when you said like 40 minutes i was like I... well then a little yeah. bit further than that. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been trying to figure out how to do this nicely, but there's just no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's we, okay. We have to, we have to wrap this up. So, okay, so we're looking at you're in a good place right now, and and obviously there's there's still more growth to be had, but from all of the successes and everything that you've learned, what's one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge, you're facing right now in your business? Oh. I, I think one of the biggest things that I made a mistake when I first started was I didn't, as my preacher said growing up, I didn't keep the main thing, the main thing. And so when you do that, you know, I had a really good thing going about, I had a very lucrative role teaching people about essential oils, but I did it for so long. I mastered it. It, it became a little bit boring for me. Yeah. And so then it was like, well, I want to do this vegan cooking and I want to do this yoga and I want to do. So it was all of my personal passions mm -hmm. coming out that then diluted the messaging. And right. so the past six months, we've really been working hard. Mm -hmm to figure out what's the overarching message. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting out, remember to keep the main thing, the main thing. Don't, Make, yep. don't allow your personal passions to overtake your business. You can always have side notes. That's what I like mm -hmm. to call them. There's nothing wrong with having side notes, yep. but it's that it's, and it goes back to like Gary Keller's book, that one thing. Yes. That's it just it makes absolute sense. What is that one thing? Say with that one thing. It's okay you can have little side notes and side stories. It's fine. But you still got that one thing. Yes. And you, you stick do. to it. I totally agree with you. That that makes absolute sense. We got to have you back. There's way more to oh, talk about. I mean I'd love to. There's there's the whole other side of medicine. There's still the whole pharma, pharma pharmacist conversation I want to have with you. Uh, I'll 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 keep Brianna in touch with Sue so we can make sure that we get you back as soon as possible. Oh, um, thank you so much. And 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 thanks for coming and sharing your experience. Thanks for coming and sharing some some knowledge, dropping knowledge bombs. Love it. It was a joy. It was a blast. And we need it again. Where can people find you? Head to www.lindsayelmore.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Lindsay Elmore, as well as on Pinterest at Dr. Lindsay Elmore. So that's D-R-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-E-L-M-O-R-E. -E -E. And if you head to lindsayelmore.com slash free 
dash tools. Mm -hmm. There's about 10 different free downloadables, everything from a gratitude journal to five steps to becoming an entrepreneur. Yes. Yeah. I got a 21 day that we're going to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to borrow yours if you don't mind. Please do. I, I think I'm on day 47 of keeping my gratitude journal. So it's a good thing. We got a, we got a 21 day that we get from the uh, Deepak Chopra foundation theirs is a great one and a journal is definitely necessary so i'll i'll definitely look into that any place else that's the best best place to go cool sweet so all of those links you guys will be down in the comments obviously if you have questions you know feel free to ask them down below in the comments i'll get them over to doc and she'll answer them as as she's able Uh, don't forget to subscribe down there on the bottom if you're watching on youtube hit the bell hit the bell the bell tells you when the next one's on and then if you're listening on Anchor, if you're listening on you know, any of the other podcasting platforms, make sure you hit subscribe or download. If you're listening on Anchor.fm, feel free to you know, show us a little love and show us a little support. You know, every little donation helps uh, keep this little, this little thing running. We are growing. We're getting some amazing guests, as you can see right over there, bringing in, dropping knowledge bombs and giving us the real on what's going on. Uh, there's a whole bunch more that um, we're definitely going to want to talk about. And... We're just gonna we're just gonna have to invite her back. I think everybody oh. would agree with that. So, y'all know how we love to to end this. I'll I'll thank Dr. Elmore for joining us once more, and then it's always the same, you guys. You know we love you. That never changes, and we want you guys to stay up, stay safe, and stay healthy, and live. That's the biggest one. Make sure you live, okay? From both of us to all of you. Ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved. All right, and we're back. We're here at Java Chat Coffee with Mike here with Ziad Abdel Noor, CEO and founder of Black Hawk Partners. And he's been talking to us about his experiences and was relating um, how he is able to vet somebody very quickly using one question. And then I asked him to hold off so you guys wouldn't leave, <laughs> so you guys don't take off. This question I'm, I'm, I'm betting is extremely insightful. So if you would, what is that question? That question sounds for a lot of people stupid, but it's intended to be like that. My question is, what pisses you off? (laughs) I'll tell you why. All those people who answer the question as to what pissed them off are automatically out because they want to conform. They want to please the boss. They want to be politically correct and answer the question. And all those people who tell me, what is this question? Or better, what the hell is this question? Are the people I listen to. These are the rebels. These are the mavericks. These are the people who challenge their boss. These are the people when you show them something stupid, they react, they don't conform. These are the people who do not conform. This is the people I want. I want the killers. 
the mavericks, the sharks, the rebels, the nonconformists. This is it when you are a Black Hawk. You're a killer. I can have a junior guy deal with a CO. I don't have to be there. And he's going to stand up to him and not take his shit and be impressed by his title or his name. I think a lot of people miss that too, Ziad, is that this, when you get into that level of business, you can't, it's, it's, not, it's not just like walking, it's not like this. We're sitting down having just a conversation over coffee. It's not like this. Yeah, it's, it's like you're going into an absolute battle. I mean, you might well, I be- said business is war, you remember? My yeah, business yeah. War. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, this is the quality of people. I'm the same thing with the entrepreneurs I back. I want killers. I don't want people to, oh, if, if there is a problem, oh my God, come back to me crying. Right. I want killers to take over. Whether the people I back, whether the people I hire, whether the people I deal with. Look, at the end of the day, there are three things that matter. And I learned this from my dad a long time ago, before I came to the United States. My dad was very successful entrepreneur. And my uncle too, really, really. I mean, built an amazing uh, legacy. So he told me, I'm gonna give you one advice, talking about advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I took and I practiced, and this is why let, let me heal, I think. I mean, among other things. So he told, he told me there are three things that really matter when you deal with people. All the rest is for the birds, is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Where they went to college, doesn't matter. Education they have, doesn't matter. Color, gender, sexual orientation, the way, doesn't matter. All this stuff is for the birds. This is all masks. Mm -hmm. You want to know to the, you want to go to the core, like the question. Yep. What are the three things that matter? I'll tell you what they are. And they are by equal importance. None of it, none of them is, none of it is more important than the other. Number one, guts, balls. You don't want to deal with people who don't have guts and who don't have big balls because they're going to pull you down. In, in tough times, oh, it's okay, Ziyad. I know when people tell me it's okay. You have to understand. It's your fate. It's your destiny. This is bullshit. I don't want to hear this shit. Oh, it's okay. It will be okay. I don't want it will be okay. I want people to tell me, wake the fuck up, go and do it. Yeah. And I'm here with you. Balls. Two, brains. If you have the balls and no brains, you're a loose cannon. And you will, <laughs> how, many, how many people have you and I met that are like that, though? Exactly. Loose yeah. cannon, and you're going to implode. Yeah. implode. Yep. If you have the brains and no balls, even there is more people like this, you're a bureaucrat. Yeah. Who's yeah. pushing numbers, who's having a nice, cushy job, Pushing numbers, Friday comes TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. He's going nowhere in life. Right. No balls, no nothing. So these are two that you have to have them both. Yeah. And three, which is as important for me, which a lot of people unfortunately today have lost, is heart, compassion. We're not robots, we're human beings. Yep. You know, people with compassion, balls, brains, and heart, you are unstoppable. 
they are lethal. These are the people who succeed the most because people trust what they say, because people believe that they care. It's not just a transaction. Right. I care. And this is why I get those things done away from the big boys, because it's a personal relationship, because I push them to do things. The big boys will not push them to do anything. They want to control them. Yeah, that's they true. Want, they want puppets. Yep. I don't want puppets. I want killers. Success is about empowering people. It's not about controlling people or clipping their wings. Right. Which a lot of people do on Wall Street. Well, it it's happens at the angel totally level too. It's a different style. It's a totally different style. Yeah, very much. It happens at the angel level too. We used to see the same thing a lot of times if we saw holes in potential projects that were just going through proof of concept. We tell them you need to have certain things and we have the people, we're going to put them in place. And I didn't always understand that. I mean, my thoughts were, okay, we can put people in place, but now we're controlling the concept. It's not really our dream. It's someone else's. Yeah. Are we supposed to be doing this? No. And I never got over that. No, you have to find the right people. Yeah. And that was, that was, that was my thought too. It, there were a lot of concepts that I, that I ended up telling the group to pass on because, because they do it because again, expediency, laziness. Yeah. Stupidity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So after all of that, you ended up creating Blackhawk Partners. Yeah. And that was just, was that born out of necessity or was that born out of heart and passion or what was that born out of? Born out of, uh, I started the first line of business of Blackhawk was, I wanted to be in the old, look, I've always, I always was ahead of the game. I'll give you an example. In 1984, I went with Drexel selling and trading junk bonds when nobody was doing it. Right. People started doing it Wall Street by the year 1990, and they changed the name from junk bonds to high yield bonds, the gentrification of junk bonds. This is when Drexel was out of business. Yeah. This is when I got out. I got big offers to go and run high yield bond departments at Merrill Lynch and others. I said no. So I went and created a company to basically deleverage the balance sheet of companies we sold junk bonds with. Totally contrarian, whereby mm -hmm. every, all these idiots went to go another jungle. So I, I got in at the right time, I got out at the right time. In 1997, I went into that incubator, did a reverse merger of the public shell, took the stocks to the stratosphere, and got out in time when everybody got in in 2000. Always again, you know, made a lot of money because I came in around the right time, I got out at the right time. In 2001, I realized that I wanted to be in the old business. Huge business. Yeah, absolutely. Most of the people in the old business, they have one of the three things. They either know the old business, they either know finance, or they either speak Arabic. I had all three. I'm fluent in Arabic. I know the old, I wanted to learn the old business inside out. And I was, I'm an expert on Wall Street. And I did that. Physical commodities trading business is the most profitable business in the world. Just to give you to what extent, mm -hmm. the top 10 physical commodities trading house do around one and a half trillion dollars in revenues. Top 10 only. Jeez. Which dwarfs any industry, any sector. 
all day. These guys run the world. They feed the world. They move oil. They move commodities. They move everything. Yeah. I wanted to be in that business, which is how Black Hawk started. And Black Hawk, you know, military name, war, oil, yeah. etc. Yeah. Then I moved to the private equity business. Then I moved to the funding business. So this is what we do right now, right now all three. <clears throat> and, you know, it evolves. Uh, it's not that I decide to be in a business. I find the right people in that business and go do it. That goes back to Intel again. Just making sure you got the right people that have the experience that can give you the right oh, information. Yeah. I think a lot of people still miss that, and, and I'll, I'll put back on it again, because business intel has always, been, has always been very important, even in marketing. You know, no matter what you do, if you don't know your market, you're going to throw out the wrong message. Yeah. My partners and I, we, we chuckle every once in a while because we watch the gurus put out all their stuff, and it's, it's kind of a one-size-fits-all for a lot of them. A few of them got the right idea. They make a lot of money. You know, they sell information and some coaching. I still see the only thing I ever see coming out of that is just dollar signs. I don't ever see anything more than they're just making money. What difference are they making? It sounds like at the level that you're at, you're making a difference. No, you're not just, in, you're not just creating everything. income. Yeah, you're doing a lot I, more. I, I don't, uh, look, I don't think about making money. I never thought about making money. I always think, think about doing stuff, writing stuff that's very controversial. Mm-hmm. And that nobody's talking about, they're talking about or wants to talk about because it's not really correct. Right. I don't want to, you know, rock the boat. I want to break the fucking boat and build a new one. That's my philosophy in everything I do. When I go into a room, I don't want to adapt and be nice and those yad is a nice guy. I want to rock the room and shock them all and get out of it. Like, what was this? Right. I like to shock people in a good way. I'm not here to make them feel good. I'm here to make them think differently, have a different perspective, to empower them, not to control them, dominate them, or to empower them. Have you thought about it this way? Have you think about, why don't you do it that way? No, the answer, write, you know the answer to Because at the end of the day, this is why we're on this planet. Yeah. What mark did you leave? What did you do? Make money? There are people who sell falafel on the street, they make money. You know, and they make good money. Yeah, they do. They have like 50 stands. That's not, that's not about making money. And let me tell you about money. I mean, make no mistake about it. Money for me is not about acquiring things, flaunting it. Oh, I have a Lamborghini, I have a G- G6, I have a, a 340 yard. No, 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 no. Money, and then for most people, this is what money is all about. Oh, I'm gonna be able to show off, to do it. No, 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 no. Money is about freedom. Is to have enough money to tell anyone who's challenging you or who's controlling you, fuck you, I don't need you. Your boss, your senator, your congressman, your whatever. You're in control of your life, your destiny. Let me tell you 
difference between rich and wealthy. The wealthy, you go and tell your wife or your girlfriend, let's go and plan for an amazing trip in Bali. The wealthy is, let's go and plan in two weeks, three weeks, whatever. The wealthy is, let's drop everything, let's leave it an hour to Bali. That's freedom. Yeah. That's freedom. Yeah. Freedom to say whenever you want, whatever you want, to whoever you want, and to influence people in the right way, to shape their minds, to change the way they think, to empower them to become true, freedom-loving patriots, capitalists. That's what it is. It's all about freedom. We, I came to this country for freedom. People fight freedom every day. All these countries want to come in the United States for freedom. So what freedom? Invaluable. Yeah. Money is the tool to have enough money to say, fuck you, I'll do whatever I want. If you don't like it, sue me. I have more money than God. I can bury you with it. Try me. Try to sue me. So this is it. This is Ayn Rand. I follow Ayn Rand. Individualism, yep. objectivism. There's nothing wrong in it. Capitalism is good. It's not greed. Capitalism is good. It forms lots of charities, lots of jobs, lots of everything. I think a lot of people you have a misunderstanding. You don't, the capital, you don't pull down the capitalists to your stupid, pathetic standard because you're jealous of them. Try to emulate them and rise to their level, then saying, oh, it's not fair. Well, life is not fair, moron. Get used to it. And this equality shit, we're not born equal, we don't live equal, we don't die equal. There are always some people smarter than others, more gifted than others, more handsome than others, more sophisticated than others. That's the world. We can't all be equal. No, we can't. Like we can't all live in, uh, in Beverly Hills or Fifth Avenue, drive a Rolls Royce on a private plane. There's a limited number. We can't all lead a life this way. I'm not jealous of Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett or Bill Gates. On the contrary, why be jealous? Why do I need to screw them just to be feel better because it's fair? Yo, start working hard, smart, Gather the intel, surround yourself with the right people, and become one. Maybe not that level, but a respectable one, where you can respect yourself, your family, where your family will be proud of you. All this entitlement bullshit. I'm sick and tired of it. Oh, I'm entitled to do that. Let me tell you another thing. When I back people in ventures, mm -hmm. if I had to back somebody who went to, I don't know, an Ivy League college and worked like, 15 years in corporate America, who thinks he's God's gift to earth, and who thinks he's entitled to a salary of half a million dollars just for being there, just by showing me his face, versus somebody who went bankrupt three times, I would always back the one that went bankrupt three times and crush the other one. Why? Because the one who went bankrupt three times have learned his lesson, has been humbled. You only learn from your failures. You don't learn from your successes. Has been humble. He's hungry. He's in his 50s or 60s. This is the last round for him. 
Yeah. He either makes it or he's finished. So he has a burning desire to succeed. And by the way, all these entrepreneurs in their 20s, they know shit. I would rather much more prefer backing somebody in his 50s or 60s who has gone through life, who has taken all the shit, and who's going to build something than a young, obnoxious Stanford graduate who thinks he knows it all and he knows shit. Because he comes from a family, they always fed him that he's so special, he's so different. So he started believing in himself that he's so special, he's so different. Whereby there is nothing special in these morons. These millennial morons who think they know it all and they're so smart and better than the previous generation, etc. They're a bunch of absolute idiots for the vast majority. And I know them and I met a lot of them, etc. And I hope they wake up one day before it's too late. And they've been hijacked, a lot of them, by this social, liberal, stupid agenda. It's like the government is going to help them. Hello? The government, nobody's going to help you. Nobody gives a damn, a rat's ass, about if you live or die, if you want the honest truth. Nobody. Everybody is for himself. So you better take care of yourself. Because nobody's going to take care of you. And when you take care of yourself, then you can go have, have any ideology you want. You have to take care of yourself. You have to bootstrap yourself. Nobody's going to give you shit. Nobody's going to give you money. Nobody's going to give you power. You go and grab it by force, by sheer force, diplomacy, seduction, brute force, whatever it takes, as long as you do it legally. As long as you do it legally, your style... It's fine. Everybody has a different style. Yeah. What different, different, different style? I, I know what my style is. I'm a warrior. I'm an absolute, uh, for example, I'll tell you on my last um, birthday, uh -huh. I had like around like 50 friends gathered. Mm -hmm. So one of them told me, you know what? Let's play a game here. Let's, so, let's see. Give one word <clears throat> a connotation of who Ziad is. One word. Ziad is this or that. You know what I mean? It's a fun game. Sure. So uh, the consensus, Ziad, and uh, one of them said, if I lived in the Roman age, Roman empire, Ziad would be a gladiator. Not an emperor, not a prince. He's not diplomatic enough for that. He, he chops your head. He's a gladiator. He's a warrior. And you know what? When the majority of my friends say this, I must be that, even though I may deny it, but this is how I must be. So yeah. I this game, invite friends, ask them, define Mike in one word. What would they, one word only, what would they say? If you really want to know what people think of you and who you really are. But you have to know that. You have to know your identity. Sure. People don't want to face that. People don't want to talk about these personal things. You know, talk about stupidity, what they ate yesterday, how the weather is. Who gives a shit? Like all the social media, they show you what they ate or what they dressed, etc. For me, social media is to gather intelligence about this, this, and that. It's not, again, yep. it's not about what you ate and what you dressed and where you went and what car you have. I don't give a rat's ass about all this stuff. It doesn't impress me. Nobody impresses me. And you know what? Talking about impressing, okay? I'm going to tell you something very important. I'm sharing here, I don't care, but this is, this is, these gems are priceless for future generations. Sure, sure. You know, 
be very arrogant with the mighty and the powerful and be very nice with everybody else. Most of the people are the reverse. They suck up to the mighty and the powerful because they think, oh, I don't want to upset them because they won't do business with me. Oh, I don't want to upset them because they're too important. So, Mr., Sir, Your Highness, Doctor, uh, even the scientists who think they're gods, all this stuff. This is all bullshit. Bullshit. That's wrong. You know why? I know how the mighty, the powerful, the wealthy think. I'm one of them. I know how they think. And I resent that. And this is why I'm fighting. I'm going, I'm a populist. I'm going to empower people. I resent them. I resent this eliteness shit. You know, I resent it. These people, they respect people. And you remember how I help people? People mm -hmm. come from. Mm -hmm. They respect people who stand up to them. Yeah. Why to stand up to them rather than be their doormat? You know, if you're a doormat, you're like another number. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They're bored with you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Next. But when you stand up to them, you really make a difference. It's better for the world because you control them now. Not you control them, but you you go into a, the right narrative with them. Yeah. You have to, this is how you this is how you bridge the gap of inequality by challenging people like that, not by taking their money and saying, "Okay, go down to my standard." like all these socialist crap. These are subtleties, you have to understand. And finance, you know what? It's not about just knowing finance, no. It's knowing people. It's psychology. I clinched some of the biggest deals because I knew how to approach those people in power. I know how to play the right cards, the right games. And this stuff, they don't teach you this stuff anywhere. They would not never that. teach this. That, that, yeah, they would they never teach that. Yeah. Nothing. Because you know why? Because all these people basically, look, they, they want you to conform. Yeah. Today more than ever. You're born, you have to conform and listen to what your parents say. You go to school, you have to conform to the principal. You go to college, you have to conform because, oh my God, my peers are going to see like this. If I drive this car... What are they going to think about me? They're going to feel bad. You, you, you go get married, you have to conform to your spouse. Now you're 50 or 6 years old, 60 years old, you have conformed all your life, and your life is over. And you're not going to, you know, now you sometimes you're like, oh, now I have to start doing something. No, look at the people who really rebelled. Zuckerberg, Gates, Jobs, etc. Screw Harvard. What's Harvard? Bishop Sid degree. From yeah. a liberal college, I'm yeah. going to go and create my own empire. Challengers, challengers. This, this whole now vaccine, everything, everything is about conformity. You have to wear your mask at all time. You have to stay at home. You have to conform. I'm not saying you shouldn't. Of course, you have to stay safe, etc. Obviously, but there are limits. There, you know what? You give them a hand, they want an arm. You give them an arm, they want a leg. You want the more you give. The more they're gonna take, because they see they they can they can get they can get away with it, and the same thing in business. The more you give, you have to give, but different thing. You have to be you have to be very subtle with this thing. So reading books like Economic Warfare, Art of War, I mean all these books, 
are very important because at the end of the day, it's all about people. It's all about, oh, I invested in this, I invested in that. Unless you're investing in Bitcoin and on gold and the price goes up and you're trading well, fine. But it's all transactional business. I'm talking I was going to say, does that, that, still, that still depends on the human condition, doesn't it? I mean, even gold price, it, it depends on who's buying and who's not buying and why. And all. Yep. It's still human. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? This, is, this factor is so important. And a lot of people don't pay attention to that. Or they, you know, they're not important. It's not important. No, it's extremely important. Everything is done and shaped and conditioned by people. Everybody has an agenda. And once you understand the agenda, and people don't realize this, once you understand the agenda, you understand everything. It all follows. I, I, learned, so, some, I learned something with what you were saying some time ago that the people that are in higher positions like sea level you know, they have a tendency to carry themselves a little heavy. And <clears throat> for years, I didn't understand what you just explained when it comes to, they're not really the boss. No. The bosses are the shareholders. Yep. And the shareholders are the ones that challenge them. And that's why they respect the shareholders. And when somebody who's a subordinate or whatever you want to call it comes to them and does that, you know, says, well, how can I do this? What can I do? Blah, blah, blah. And they, they want to appease the sea levels end up feeling like okay you're not my equal versus somebody like yourself or myself will walk in and go dude come on here's the reality this is what's going wrong you know it i know it how are you going to fix it you don't know i have a solution or have you tried this like a lot of my guests i i, I share things in the post post podcast just to give them some stuff here use this tool it's 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 great to use it's free you might as well use it while you can i don't care that i get watermarks on some of the stuff that i use to promote it's free. Who gives a shit? You know, use it for now. You know, if we ever get into an enterprise, hell, I might even end up leveraging enough to buy one one day. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it comes back to how are you serving and who are you serving? Are you trying to serve somebody that's above you or are you challenging them to be better? There's nothing wrong with challenging people if you're doing it with compassion, empathy, like you said, and realizing that the human condition is what it is. We're all human. We're, and, and the thing I like you, you talked about, no, not, not a single person's equal. You're right. The reason that I have partners is because they have things that they're completely smarter than I am on. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't dream of trying to, trying to take it on. I depend on them for the intel on how it works and why it works. You know, it's, it's not that I need this to know it. Yeah, this is how the world works. We can't, you know what, look, if two people agree on everything, one of them is not needed. Yeah. <laughs> I've never thought of that. That is absolutely true. <laughs> I mean, seriously, Mike, why do I need you for the day? You do everything. <clears throat> you, you, you're irrelevant. So, and this is it. They all want to be agree on everything, be equal. Doesn't work. Yeah. And they fight and kill because of that. It's ridiculous. Having an appealing... It's not going to change from now till 3,000 years. You know? That's true. They're not. There's <clears throat> always going to be rebels. There's always going to be, you cannot control everybody. Maybe this is the dream of a new world order. It's not going to happen. There are always some killer rebels out there who are going to disrupt everything. Thank God. Thank God. I mean, the biggest rebel of all, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. About this. Biggest rebel of all. Challenged the Roman Empire, challenged the Jewish establishment 2,000 years ago. And he did so, it without he did it without throwing a single punch. 
without an army, without yep, nothing. Without anything. Just his, just his words and his mind. Exactly. So, yep. I mean, that's power. Yeah, that's yeah it is. That's real power. So people, when I talk about power, it's not by conducting wars and killing and blowing and controlling. Sometimes it can be very subtle. You know, iron fist in a velvet glove. Yeah, yeah. And you can do a lot. I mean, all this stuff these kids have to learn. These entrepreneurs have to learn. Yeah, they it's. They don't know nothing about that. They, nothing. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. For for the most part, a lot of them will not get it until they've lived a little bit. And and you yeah. and I both had that same experience when we were in our twenties. We didn't know Jack. I mean, you know. It, it, Very and, true. Very true. And at our age, we're watching them, and we're like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just dump into you everything that I know. So you don't do the same things that I did when I was young, or you did the right things that I didn't do, or do the right things that I did. And it's 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 hard to watch. So guys like us, we, we sit here and not only do we shake our heads, but we're just like, oh my gosh, please just listen. Just please listen. Here's what we're trying to stop you from. Here's what we're trying to help you to. Yeah. Um, the road signs are there and you're not looking at them. You know, it's just, just like there's, there's blatant banners hanging out over their heads and they're, they're like willfully doing this in some cases. And it's not all of them. Um, I actually know a couple of millennials that are hard workers. They, they don't think TGIF. They are definitely over the weekend, they'll bust their butts, you know, day in, day out. In fact, one of my friends uh, just recently went out on a rant on social media, literally ranting about his generation. He says, I have tried to share, to share business with so many of you, and you guys are lazy. You guys all think this stuff comes overnight. Y'all think that this happens in a week, in a month. Instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. He he used that. He used that term. He says, everybody's after instant gratification. He goes, I'm sorry that we got saddled with this, but damn it, you guys are living it. And I hate to say it. I did too. When I was young, I was, I was a musician, you know, I was like, if I can't go play music, I was bummed. You know, when I finally started learning business, it was like, holy shit, this takes some real work. This takes some real commitment. So it's, it's, yeah, so it's the amount of, the amount of wisdom you've dumped on this morning. I can't imagine that anybody wouldn't just be sitting there like you like it in shock, but hopefully challenged to think a little differently. <laughs> I want to talk about your book because we're getting close to the end of time here. Yeah. You have two. So yeah. the first one that you wrote and you released was called Economic Warfare, correct? Secrets yeah. of Wealth Creation. Okay. Talk, talk to us about that book. What does that, what does that book entail? That book you have. That book basically tells you how to make money in good times or in bad times. That. This was written. This was written during the Obama administration. The the subtitle of the book is uh, "Secrets of Wealth Creation in the Age of Welfare Politics." Yeah, that was the the subtitle. So, how to make money in good times or bad times? How to position yourself? That's awesome. It. Awesome. It, was, it, it was a very broad picture, microeconomics, geopolitics, everything. This book I just finished uh, is called Startup Saboteurs, How Ego, Incompetence, and Small Thinking Prevent Wealth Creation. Also about wealth creation. Sure, sure. But here we go into the minute details. Unlike the other book, Macro, this is Micro. How you build the company, how you scale it, how you negotiate a deal, how you exit a deal, how you really truly make wealth, how do you uh, uh, pitch your deal with venture capitalists, with money people, 
what do many people think venture capitalists? How you how you win? You know, it's 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 very detailed from thirty years experience in the business. Mm-hmm. I talk about specific companies I invested in. In some instances, how I I made a killing. In other instances, how I lost my shirt. Why did I make a killing? Why did I lose my shirt? What's the path to take? What did I learn from that? So it's very detailed. It, um, it's not about coaching and well, right. you feel good. No, no, no. It's 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 the, it's the end a, on it. From a thirty-year Wall Street deal maker in the trenches, and from my experiences, it's entertaining. I don't talk about numbers and charts. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very empowering. Uh, I mean, you know, there's a guy, friend of mine. I, I'll tell you the story. So. When Please. I was doing the book, I finished it, and I finished it, I asked for some reviews. So I got really great reviews. But that specific guy, you know, he's a big, big guy on Wall Street. I told him, you know, he's a friend of mine also. I've known him for 20 years. And I told him, you know, I would appreciate the review. He told me, okay, let me see. But then I realized, you know, he's a wussy. Listen, <laughs> what happened. So I gave him the book on a Sunday. He came back to me on a Wednesday. I told him, John... Uh, what do you think? Told me uh, he told me what? Are you done already? He told me I read it twice already. I, I couldn't stop. Listen. So I told him. So what do you think? You like it? He told me Ziad. Literally, he told me this is a nuclear bomb. But I cannot write you a review. He said why? If I write a review, nobody will ever hire me because what you say there is pretty dangerous. He told me it's like it's like you're breaking the code of silence of the mafia. You know what? They don't like that. Yeah. You're 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 basically telling people how to read VCs, how Silicon Valley works, how all the kind of stuff. I, another guy told me it's like 200 episodes of Shark Tank in your book. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm telling you, I. This is what they told me. So I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, it's pretty earth-shattering. It's pretty. It's that, not like, that that has oh, got to be one of the highest. Okay. That's got to be one of the highest compliments though you've ever gotten. Because when somebody yeah. can say so something like that, fine. it's okay if you give me a review. At least I know. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not gonna get offended. On the contrary. No, exactly. that's that's huge. My goodness. When somebody, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> because we both you play there, I've played there. Yeah, there is a lot of stuff that I still don't talk about to this day, but it's only because I'm no longer involved and I don't care. I care more about marketing these days, but it's true. There is a code of silence out there. I know in the world of finance, it's it's been described as probably one of the not so greatest places yeah, yeah, to no, play. No, absolutely. I, you know what? This cannot go unnoticed. Yeah. I need people to know. Yeah. I need people to know. This is, this is about the hard part. The compassion part, yeah, and the fuck you and the fuck you money part. You know yeah. what? I'm gonna write it, whether you like it or not. I'm gonna write it. You know, this is how it is. This has to be transmitted to future generations. Yeah, they got a better world for a they better world. Yeah. yeah, if you get offended, I don't care. I really don't care if Mr. VC, private equity guy, get offended. I mean, I am pretty much dismantling Silicon Valley. Oh, good. <laughs> I it's so it's it's a it's a it's a long term term thing with me that Silicon Valley has had unprecedented control over yep. VC funding. That yep. honestly, when I've talked to some of them, yep. they don't 
they don't deserve it. I'm sorry. No, listen, I mean, Mike, Mike, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. I talk about the unicorn mentality. I talk about all. The, I talk about very controversial yeah. subjects that people, if they write about this, they're fired sure. from their jobs. Sure. They're fired. Oh, absolutely. Can't write about this. It's sacred. Even as a partner, they get they get thrashed and, and kicked out. I I've, I know that that's that's what would happen. It's it's unfortunate. I, I don't I, I, I don't care, and I call names. I name their names, the specific VCs who thought they were so smart, and I may name what kind of companies they backed and how they were conned. All of them. I name their names. In other words, you know what? All this cult. You know what? I hate the cult of the personality. All these people who build their names like they are. You know what? Nobody can touch them. No, you know what? I'm, it's not, I'm not going to touch you. I'm going to break you. I'm going to break you and basically remove this mystique because you're a human being and I want people to understand. This is this part of me, the 1% who's a populist. Yeah. wants to empower people to become, to lift them up, not control them, clip their wings and all that crap. In the name of democracy, in the name of what? In the name, this stop fooling us, whether in politics or in business or anywhere. And I told the Silicon Valley thing, a financial, there was a financial swamp out there. The same thing, Washington has a political swamp. There is a financial swamp. Example, 30 million private businesses in the United States. I yeah. know the fact yeah. numbers, it's all in the book. There's only a fraction 2%, 1% that get funded by VC and private equity. What does this mean? This means that none of the parties is doing their job. Neither the entrepreneurs in pitching the money, nor the VCs in, in providing the capital. This is unsustainable. It, yeah. it has to change. We have to bridge that gap and change. This is what this book talks about. How do you bridge that gap? How do you access that money? You know what? I learned something from Milken, Mike Milken, you know? Genius. He said, you know, they were, when we were dealing with Mike Rickett at that time, you know, we have a lot of egos, you know, dealing. T-Bone yeah, Rickett, yeah. Big egos. That rampantly so, ran back in those days. And Mike, and Mike really never cared about that. You know, sometimes it got us frustrated. I was much younger, all of us, you know, with their ego, their attitude, etc. Mike used to say, it doesn't matter. The key is to have them part with their money. If you have them part with their money, you have won. Yep. So how do you do it? That's exactly it. I will explain the book. You know, all these entrepreneurs, etc. they get, you know what? Because you don't know how to talk to these VCs. You know, I tell you what the secret is. And, and this is what I reveal in the book. How you pitch it. The, the intonation, the voice, the body language, the pitch, the everything. Yep. So it's very detailed <laughs> book. It's not about to make you feel good. No, that's that. <laughs> so I, I, I do enjoy controversial books. I know I'm getting a copy. I may ask for an autographed copy. Yeah, and, and definitely, guys, that, that link will be in there. So you have one more thing that you've actually been promoting as of late. It's kind of the reason that I found you, and it happens to be a, a course that you just recently designed. Talk a little bit about that real quick, and then we'll wrap this up. Yeah, thank you. I called it the Z-Shard course. It's a four-hour video. It's like I'm sitting in front of you, like this, in your living room, mm -hmm. and, and telling you exactly stuff that I don't talk about in the book because there's some things you cannot say them in a book. It's better to say them verbally. Sure, sure. You know, it's, uh, it has six modules. 
So you can go and watch it all at once, or you can check one module, which is a different topic. Each model has a different topic. It's really very, very empowering. I'll give you an example. I have a friend of mine who has an organization that's a nonprofit, and he has a lot of kids out there, and he wanted them to, he wanted to empower them. Sure. So let me go get this course, invite them to a theater, give them lollipops and popcorns, and have them watch that course, which looks like a movie. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about the course about PowerPoint, presentations, all this shit. It's mm-hmm. like a frank talk. Like I'm sitting there, you know, in my suit, in, in the living room, talking to you. Mm-hmm. Telling you, this is, you want to live life, you want to make money, you want to be a big shark. This is what it takes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about this. Six different modules. He calls me the next day, he told me, this is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. What you're saying there and the impact you're having, you cannot imagine. So the guys who buy the course get a free copy of the book, plus get access to a private social group I created on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Facebook has 2 billion viewers, only for the course subscribers. So far, there is 50 people in that group, started like a couple of weeks ago ranging in age from 26 to 67. Nice. All of them, the same mindset, the same culture, they want to make money. You build a fraternity. This is your tribe. Mm -hmm. This is your brain trust. This is your sounding board. This is your family. My goal is to take this group from 50 we have now to 1,000, and I will, by July 4, 2021. I made a big bet with one of my friends on that. 1,000. So, and my really goal, not just have 1,000 that do, all of them, of course, would have, would be uh, disciples in that course and students. I want every one of those 1,000 to be a millionaire. I want to create 1,000 millionaires in that private group through the different tools, courses, books, etc., that I am promoting. This is my goal. This is for me, success. I consider, I would have, I will make it in America once I have created 1,000 millionaires in one group. There's nobody anywhere on social media who has a group of 1,000 millionaires. Nobody, it doesn't exist. You're right. It doesn't exist. This is my goal. Once you've created this, and I called it the Z-Shark Academy, Mm-hmm. The Z-Shark Academy, labeled it, branding it, you know, this is it. Oh, I'm a graduate of the Z-Shark Academy, meaning that you made a million dollars, meaning you're part of that group. Even if it takes me longer than July 4, I lose this bed. It's okay. This is my goal. I'm still young. We have time. You know, this is my goal. I think this is very, this is really what drives me, honestly, is that having made it, now it's time to give back to others to give them the tools, to empower them, to create this new generation of people who think like this. And you know what? They're going to benefit a lot from being together in that, that course. Sure. You know, whether deals, whether deals, whether advice, whether mentoring, whether relationships, you know, you remember your mm-hmm. network is your net worth. Yep. All that kind of stuff. Because as an entrepreneur, you know that, and I know that, you cannot succeed on your own. I did not make it on my own. Right. I made it because there were 
a bunch of great people around me who helped me make this, and I helped them too, to two street. So, and this is the, the goal here, to create this culture to the Zishoy Academy. Online, powerful, inspiring, and that this is what the course, the master course, is all about, which leads to that, and the book, and its own one. Wonderful. So they, how do they find that? Is there a, well, we'll have the link, but I mean, like, where do people find yeah, you? I mean, Blackhawkpartners.com? Yeah, I, I, you have the link. Yeah, I, I think I sent you a, yesterday the links. Uh, uh, yes, actually you did. So I'll, I'll go ahead and use yeah, those. For I'll the put book, that in. for the course, for the group, for everything is in my email I sent you. You can share, you can share that. Link. Yep, we'll definitely do that. We'll put that in the comments. I don't think we're done talking. I think we have a lot more to talk about to share with the world and to share with people to help them to understand how this, how this human condition is supposed to be working rather than how it's being forced to work right now. I really you have enjoyed it. You know what makes me happy? What's when that? I came to this country 30 years ago, people couldn't even pronounce my name. Now they read my book. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. That That's is absolutely the best awesome. Revenge. The best revenge is obscene wealth and really obscene, a lot of information and to basically step up to the plate. Nobody told me to do that because this is what I wanted to do. Right. This is, this is what, so I knew this from the beginning. So whatever you can conceive, you can do. Stop putting blocks, stop putting obstacles in your mind. Oh, I can do this. Oh, I'm this. Oh, my color is that. Oh, my religion is this. This is all crap. Remember, balls, brains, and a heart, and you're unstoppable. Not your color and your education and your whatever this is all crap. Use this stuff as an opportunity. All ways and all that's all what matters. A man who came from nothing to all of this, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of proof of the in the pudding, if you will. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. awesome. So my friend, I, I really appreciate your time. We're gonna wrap this up here because it's getting long. I'm sure both of us have other things we need to be working on. So. But thank you. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story, sharing your wisdom and your insights. Um, we'll get all of that information. Guys, if you haven't yet, make sure you subscribe here on YouTube. Leave it down. Uh, and then we'll also be on Anchor.fm. Galvinjackpodcast.com is also where this will post. This one's an eye opener, guys. If you're, if, you're, if you're looking for feel good, this ain't it. healthy and live from both of us to all of you ciao for now thank you mike thank you thank you for more information on java chat visit www.javachatpodcast.com you've been listening to coffee with mike on java chat tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. 
a production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.